0: Good morning, everybody. Oh, that was wonderful. You guys are alive this morning. Wow. How about the guy beside you? Is he still awake? Yeah? Good. Those of you sat on this side, you got the sun on your back. You guys got the sunglasses. Could you lend sunglasses to this side? No? Okay. You know, I've been a part of some amazing gatherings, some great gatherings and experiences. I remember 1984. Billy Graham came to Vancouver. B.C. place, 40, 50,000 people. Come on, how many of you were there? Yeah, there you go. So you just saw all the old people in the place right there. 1984, It's a long time ago. And I I remember, I was just probably a wee young loss then, but uh, I remember just how amazing it was to, to be together with that many people. And then when Billy Graham who honestly, I was in Bible school at the time, so I'm always evaluating preaching, and I honestly thought his sermon lacked. I mean, wasn't sure it had much to it. And then all of a sudden, thousands of people started streaming down to the altar, and I thought, that wasn't even a great sermon. I've given better sermons than that. And that was my first lesson into what really counts. It wasn't the floweriness of the speech, it was the prayer It was the anointing on that individual, and it was just awe-inspiring to see thousands of people streaming to the front to to invite Jesus, to respond to his tug on their heart. That was an amazing experience. I remember uh, in about 2005, I had the chance to go to Ethiopia and visit with some of our global partners there and do some work, and we went down to this outback rural area, hours and hours and hours from the city and we were going to do a water baptism, and they were going to get together all the people who had come to faith in Christ in that region. Uh, So it would be like a a region like maybe Metro Vancouver or something like that, Uh, a region, and they were going to bring together all these people who are new believers who had done the discipleship class, and I thought, well, get there, and there's this simple structure. It's pretty big, though, but a simple structure, and in it were 4,000 people this was in the evening. 4,000 people, and they'd already started a service. And I said to my friend, so is this the local church or these people? And he goes, no, no, no. No one's allowed to come unless you're getting baptized. We, can't, we, we don't have room for the others. I said, these, all these crowds and mass of people are getting baptized. He goes, yes. Wow. So, honestly, it was one of the most awe-inspiring gatherings I've been in. I didn't understand a word they were saying, but they were singing and praising the Lord. They were praying. And I went to bed that night, and I could hear them. They never moved. They never left. And they were still all night long, all night long. I got up in the morning. I came back out, and we went in to do the service before the baptism, and they were still there and still going. It was awe-inspiring to gather together with God's people. 3,755 got baptized that day in one hour. It was unbelievable. It uh, it, It was a sight to behold. I remember uh, a few years back, I had the chance to go to Italy and do some ministry there and with some of our other global partners we have. And we're in this little church in Milan. And uh, I know suffering for Jesus to have to go to Milan to, to ministry, I know. Uh, but it, you know, I, I said, okay, Lord, if, if you want me to go, I'll go. And so we went to Milan and uh, we're in this church. And there's this guy who was a, a famous rock and roll singer electric guitar. He looked like ZZ Top, you know. He was, uh, he was up front there. He had come to faith in Christ. He was the worship leader at this church, and there, there the pastor was this, this former nun who had felt a call of God to go to Italy from Brazil and start a church, And she was a little spitfire, this girl. And she was leading this group. And they were mostly young people, young adults, young families. And they were on fire for God as they they sought desperately to want to change the face of their country. What an inspiring event to gather together. Do you know, I also also remember times when uh, I got together with just a few people. Little church gatherings, little settings. I remember one time in, in college, just seven of us standing around the piano standing around a piano with one of our friends playing the piano, and we worship the Lord till the wee hours of the night. It's a beautiful thing when God's people get together. I, I just that's, that's the biggest heart of what I wanted to share with you. It's, it's so beautiful. Um, we've heard the scriptures read already, and as, as you reflect on these different scriptures, I just want to remind you a couple of things that would encourage you to why it's so beautiful. One is... That the church is beautiful because it's God's masterpiece unfolding. Uh, Myers, in a, in a book he wrote called The Organic Church, makes this point where he contrasts the church uh, as an artistic painting rather than a production that is uh, being mass produced. I think again of that trip to uh, one of the countries I went to and I, I think about how I was looking at what the kids were doing in the school and they were drawing sunflowers. But every single sunflower they drew was identical to the other one. And I said, well, all these kids are like grade four or five and they were drawing the exact same sunflower? I've never seen something like that. And they said, oh no, the teacher puts it on the board, colors it, puts it on the board and says, now, draw me a sunflower. And if they don't draw it identical to that, they get chastised. They get corrected. No. I said, draw this sunflower. Now, you and I know that if you're going to give some creative license to people, especially kids, you're going to get all kinds of sunflowers, right? You're going to just take the colors and the crayons, mix them together and see what comes out. And I just believe that the church, when we gather, is more like that creative artistic expression where God is doing something amazing and they don't look the same. All the gatherings I just shared with you that I've experienced, they're all different. Everyone had a different shape and look and design, but it was all still one beautiful work of art. Ephesians 4 does help us to show how God is putting the parts of the painting together. You and I are the colors on his palette. And and the Bible says he takes us and he mixes us together and and he does something with us and he says, I'm one Lord, it's one artist. One God overall who is taking each one of us and putting us together, and we are not meant to be the same. This leads me to another uh, reminder of just how beautiful it is when we gather. It's beautiful because we were designed for community. We were designed for community. It was shared so well already by the, the leaders that were up here earlier, just how you and I were not meant to be alone. In fact... Jesus never anticipated that he would develop spiritual life outside of community. Our God exists as Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit eternally in community. And it's unfathomable for God to create something in his own image that does not know and embrace the realities of community. We're designed to be gathering. We're designed to be together with that one Lord, one body before the one Lord. Like the Bible calls us when we come together to come together with humility. Now, some of you do humility um, uh, like, like, like sometimes I've done, where humility is where you suppress your awesomeness so that others can enjoy and you can just be one with others. Okay, anyone like me been guilty of that? Have you? Oh, come on. There's got to be a sinner in the crowd here somewhere like me. You know, where you just think, well, I know I'm amazing and I'm awesome, but the Bible calls us to humility, so I will humble myself and allow others to be a part of my, my gathering. You know, that, that's not where humility comes from. Humility comes from a revelation. Humility comes from God pointing out in your heart how far, how far you fall short. It comes from the reality that you are not all that. Go ahead and look at someone beside you and say, you're not all that. Come on. Come on, wives, I've given you permission to do this. Yeah, you're not all that. You were not designed to be all that. Now, listen, before before you get carried away thinking that God made a bunch of ugly people or God made a bunch of deficient people, no, no, not at all. That's worldly thinking. You see, see, the world is always pushing on us in our advertising and our other things that, that somehow beauty comes when we all look the same. When we look like that person on the advertisement, when we look at like that person on the TV, when we look like the person they think you should look like. But God says, your beauty is there because I created you, unique, individual, and you are beautiful. I want you to embrace your beauty. I want to embrace the diversity. And when people say, well, you're not all that, say, praise God. I'm glad I'm not all that. I'm glad I'm a part of a community where I don't have to be all that. Because together, God paints the picture. And the reason he does it, I think, is that in the end, he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. That leads me to the the final thing I just wanted to share to you today, and that is it's a beautiful thing when the church gathers because that's where his glory dwells. Psalm 133 painted a picture of uh, oil running down Aaron's beard. How many find that difficult to imagine as a beautiful thing? I I just don't know that we poured oil over people's heads too often. I I just don't know that it's been such a common thing. And so it's difficult sometimes to imagine how this is a beautiful thing. But, uh, you know, forget the imagery for a second. Just know that what the scripture is referring to there is the anointing that is upon them. And how beautiful is not just Aaron, but how beautiful is the anointing that comes on him. How beautiful is the presence of God when God's people dwell together in unity. You know, that's been the theme. In the Old Testament, it was always a place. It was always a temple or a tabernacle or a place where they would gather. And there the glory of God would be. But in the New Testament, the Bible says Jesus was doing something new. And he hints at it when when he looks at the temple and he says, It's going to be destroyed. And they said, What do you mean? And he says, You destroy this temple in three days, I will build it up again. And they didn't know what he was talking about. He was talking about his body. And then as we learn to unpack the story, we find out that you and I are the body. We are the body of Christ, who Christ is the head. And so God launches something new, and that is that the, the glory of God will no longer dwell in a place. We can be in a park. And when we gather, God's glory dwells here. We could be anywhere. We gather in buildings, but they're just buildings. It's not the building that makes the anointing. I know some of you have some holy pews and you have some holy chairs and some holy, holy things in your place that, you know, this is surely the thing, but let me remind you that all the... Artifacts and things that we have around us are not the source of the presence of God. it's when brethren dwell together in unity. It's when the body comes together and gathers that we see the glory of the Lord. Let me just remind you a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians 3:16. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? The growth of the church is designed as God building a temple We are being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together, rises up to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. You know, when the church was birthed, it was birthed with an anointing. It was birthed with the Spirit of God being poured out upon us. And God's people are always to be that way when we gather we are to welcome his presence in our midst. And as we heard at the outset, where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And that's what makes it beautiful. It makes it beautiful because the presence of God is in our midst. God is always playing it out, God's always growing and acting us and pulling us together into community. There's something special about the gathering of God's people and how he works among us when we gather. Does this mean that God can't work when we're by ourselves? Of course not. But the individualistic mindset of our culture has pushed the agenda of the church past its intended goal. We suppose that Jesus took away religion and made it about a relationship with him. And that's a very true and good statement. But it's incomplete. It's about Jesus taking away religion And making it about a new relationship with him and the building of a new community. I know the complaint. I'm a pastor. I have experienced trauma in the church. I've experienced difficult people. I've experienced disappointment. I've experienced people who let me down. And I know that many of you out there would would recognize that sometimes it's hard to go to church. You just think, oh... Maybe there's hurt or unforgiveness or pain or something that's gone on and you just, sometimes it's a bit of a struggle. I know that complaint. But I don't know any other place where I can come together and experience the presence of God. I need you. We need each other. We can't afford to just try to go it on our own because we'll just drift off and it's a dangerous place to be. We need each other. Because it's when we gather, that's where the experience, the presence of God is in our midst. Why do you think we hear in the scripture all the words of encouragement, strong exhortation, make every effort to keep the unity? Jesus said, forgive 70 times 7. Jesus, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. The Bible tells us, obey those who are in leadership over you. I point that out because sometimes that's our struggle is, I don't know if I like my pastor, I don't know if I like my leader. You know, the Bible tells us there's a lot of encouragement. What? It's going to take some effort, but that's where you want to be. That's where you want to go. Don't give up on meeting together. Why? Because it's a beautiful thing. As I wrap this up and the team comes back, I just want to leave you with two questions. questions. The first is one that uh, if you're in the sound of my voice and you've been listening here today, Maybe there's something inside your soul, your spirit, something deep in your heart. You don't even know how to describe it, but it's deep down inside. It's stirring you, and you feel like there's something there I'm supposed to do. That, that could very well be God reaching out to you. He's inviting you into relationship and inviting you into this beautiful new thing that he's doing. He wants to make you a part of the beautiful artwork that he's doing, and you need to respond You need to say, Jesus, I sense that you're wanting me, and I will say yes. I will open up my heart and receive from you. And then the second uh, question I want to ask is, have you made every effort to keep the unity of this new community? It's okay sometimes for us to admit that we have shortcomings. It's okay sometimes to to admit that maybe we we fell short in some areas. But that's what's so beautiful about when we come together is, we're a bunch of imperfect people that come together, and you know what? We forgive each other, and God forgives you. And if you say in your heart that I think I've struggled to, to persevere into that new community, and, and, but today is a chance for you to say, God, you help me. I want to be a part of some group, some gathering, the church. That's my prayer. My prayer is that you res- as you respond to these questions, that you will grow and you will help our community grow and you will help our community to be even more beautiful. And I don't know about you, but our world could use more beauty. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, will you just shine the light of your beauty in our heart? It's, it's not what we're trying to manufacture, Lord. It, it's how we're just trying to be yielded and submissive to the work you're trying to do in building the church. In drawing a beautiful mosaic an amazing artwork that is your church that is meant to be the source of life and joy proclamation of peace to this whole world and so I pray that you'd have your way in our hearts and as this team comes and sings this prayer over us today I ask that God you would just continue to settle your work in our hearts help us to be drawn closer to you to be a part of this beautiful thing that you are doing. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Life Church audio podcast. If this message spoke to you, go ahead and share it with your friends and family. And let's get the Word of God into the lives of more people out there. For more information about us, go to thisislifechurch.com and remember that we can make a difference by loving people.